for my strength and my redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Okay, before I go to the devil right now. Amen. I've been talking and singing all morning. My voice is not going to reach. For our theme, for the past few weeks during our prayer time, we've been talking about the power Children as they send them off to school. How can 
make prayer impact those who don't know Jesus or help in a time of crisis like a pandemic? Well, the answer is found in one pivotal scripture. In Matthew 18, 18 through 20, Jesus tells us about the power of prayer. He said, truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them. That's the NIV. King James says, Verily I say unto you, Whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father, which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst. Now there are dozens of real-life accounts in the Bible where Jesus and other disciples battled in prayer. God shut up the heavens and prevented rain from falling for three and a half years at Elijah's request. He parted the Red Sea for Moses to lead his people out of Egypt. He cast out demons. Jesus healed the sick and gave sight to the blind, and on more than one occasion raised people from the dead like Lazarus. Do we really realize the power we have available to us when we take our authority in prayer? Do we realize the power we have available to us when we take our authority in prayer? That's a question mark behind that. You can answer yes or no. Yes. No. If we did, we would be praying more. That's right. Do we realize the power we have available to us when we take our authority in prayer? Question mark. All right. Yes or no. If we did, we would be praying no. Pray more. There would be no such thing as doubt, fear, or anxiety because we would be on our faces before God, storming the heavenly realms in battle with the darkness and evil forces in our world. Now we have the privilege to be able to talk to God. So what exactly is the power of prayer? The power of prayer isn't in the words you utter. It's not about what you pray or even how you pray. Prayer can be defined as talking to God, but it is much more than that. Prayer is an act of worship that glorifies God and reinforces our need for Him. If you're taking notes, you can write that down. Prayer is an act of worship that glorifies God and reinforces our need for Him. Through living a life of prayer, we communicate with the very source and purpose of our existence. Prayer is the fiercest, fiercest weapon against the enemy and all things in this fallen world. Priscilla Shirer is the author of A Woman's Battle Plan to Serious, Specific, and Strategic Prayer says, prayer is the portal that brings the power of heaven down to earth. It is kryptonite to the enemy. 
and to all his ploys against you. Mm. Another well-known known author, Mark Patterson, says, prayers are promises. They are the best predictors of your spiritual life and your spiritual future. Who you become is determined by how you pray. Ultimately, the transcript of your prayers becomes the script of your life. In other words, who you become, the circumstances in your life, and the core of your character are all determined by what you talk to God about. According to the Bible, the power of prayer is, quite simply, the power of God who hears and answers prayer. We must consider the following. The Lord God Almighty, God is all-powerful, and the Lord God Almighty can do all things. Luke 1, 37 says, For with God nothing shall be impossible, for no word from God will ever fail. The character and heart of God is the very fabric of the gospel. When we close our eyes, get on our knees, the Spirit of God whispers, I am the Lord, the God of all mankind. Is anything too hard for me? It's as if to say to our hearts, no need is too great or too small. Well, in the Bible, God asks us to pray. He invites and encourages us, and he wants us to talk to him. We are to come to him in faith. James 1 and 5 says, if any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all, without fault finding, and it will be given to you. King James says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God to give it to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given to him. Now that word upbraideth means he'll give you wisdom that you ask for without criticizing you for your lack of wisdom. Right. He's assuring us that we should not be afraid to seek God's help thinking God will make us feel bad for our inability to help ourselves. We are to pray with persistence. In Luke 18 and 1, the Bible says, And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men are to always pray and not to faint. We are to pray with thanksgiving. Philippians 4 and 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Pray within his will, Matthew 6 and 10. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we are to pray from a heart that is right with God. The Bible says in James chapter 5 verse 16, confess your faults one to another. And pray for one another that ye may be healed. Yes. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. It simply says, I can't be mad with Sister Julie and, and come to the altar and expect all my stuff to be right. I can't be mad at all the children in the house and be up to them and then come and lift up holy hands and believe that God's going to really move in my behalf. The Bible says I've got to confess my faults one to another and pray for one another that I may be healed. Yes, yes. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. In fact, in Luke chapter 18, verse 1, we read, And he, Jesus, 
told them a, a parable to the effect that they ought to always pray and not lose heart. Hebrews 4, 14 and 16 talks about Jesus as our high priest and says he can sympathize with us. Isn't that good news? When I get down to pray, I, I, I can't figure it out sometimes. And I said, God, I don't even know what to say. Since I don't know what to say, you already know what I need. I'm just, I'm here. I'm, I'm here. Everybody, I think you should have a place where you pray. I, I pray on the side of my bed. It's just a wonderful place. It's just me and Jesus. I study my Bible on the side of my bed. I read my Bible on the side of my bed. It's just me and Jesus. And you need a place where it's just you and Jesus. Because sometimes you really have no clue what you need to say. He can sympathize with us. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. Now, Mr. Williams loves this scripture, and the King James Version, it says, Seeing that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, yeah. let us hold fast our profession, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, yeah. but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Well, isn't that good news? Because God answers our prayer. The Lord God Almighty answers prayer. Psalm 17 and 6 says, I call on you, O God, for you will answer me. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. In John 16, 23 and 24, Jesus makes a stunning, sweeping, glorious promise to us in those verses. Jesus promises the disciples greater joy regarding their coming access to God after his departure. Until now, he says, you ask nothing in my name. Ye have not as yet considered me the great mediator between God and man. But this is one of the truths which you shall be more fully revealed to you by the Holy Spirit. And in that day, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. In other words, when we ask God to give us love for our neighbors, he does. When we ask for patience, he begins to tend and cultivate our hearts, uprooting the areas of impatience, and then provides opportunities to practice patience. True. Be careful what you ask for. Right, be careful. Lord, I want some patience. Okay. All your children are going to come up. Oh, yes, they will. I want some patience. They can't get the internet right to go on school. I want some patience. They're going to tell you that that program that they're using, they're going to use
something else next week. They use Google this week. They're going to use something else next week. You pray for patience, it's coming. He tenders our hearts. When we ask him to be near us, his presence sweeps in and surrounds us like a cozy blanket in embrace, filled with his peace and strength. The Bible says, truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive it, that your joy may be full. I repeated that again. Yes. Because even when we lack faith or have we wobble and waver and fall. But he doesn't chastise us. Instead, he encourages us to get back up and try again with his hands held out, as he says, because of your little faith, he told them. For I assure you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will tell this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. So Jesus said to them in verse 20 of Matthew 17, because of your unbelief, for surely I said to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. I said that twice, because we need to understand that our faith is what fuels us. Our faith fuels us. Well, now, since our faith fuels us, it helps, it helps us to tap into that level of prayer that we need to tap into. The power of prayer isn't in the person praying. It's not a magic formula. It is a key word. It is an open heart, humble and filled with all who our mighty God is. Rather, the power resides in the God who is being prayed to. 1 John 5, 14 and 15 tells us, this is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to us, I can have to write there. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. In fact, Jesus rebukes those who pray using repetitions or those who pray in public to seek attention are those who don't have the right heart. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Don't be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Psalms 107, 28-30 reminds us, Then they cried out to the Lord in their troubles, and He brought them out of their distresses. He stilled the storm to a whisper, the waves of the sea hushed. They were glad when it grew calm, and he guided them to their desired haven. There is power in prayer. Yes. Now, I don't know about you, but I've been in distress. Yes. And I've had God to steal the storm in my life. Oh, yes. I've seen in this church, we've been in distress. Yes. And he stilled the storm. In our lives, every time it looks like we up against the storm, a hurricane, Sally shows up in redeeming love. God has calmed the storm in this. 
So what's different about our prayers now that Christ has lived, died, and rose again for us? Well, when Jesus ascended to heaven after his resurrection, he became our intercessor. And our advocate, I'm getting happy already about myself. And our intercessor and our advocate to the Father. Praying in his name just to acknowledge and remember that Christ is the only way. That our standing before the Father is based on the finished work of Jesus Christ alone. We come to him in prayer, not because of our own work or our merit, but in the name of Jesus. Now the preposition in is a significant one. It's speaking of our relation to Christ. We are in him. The Bible says that any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. We have been united in him, to him in his death, burial, and resurrection. And now even our prayers are in his name. When we pray in Jesus' name, we are acknowledging that without the work of Christ, we would be alienated from God forever. Praying in Jesus' name is submission to his will. The Apostle John, who inscribed Jesus' words regarding prayer in his name, writes something in the book of 1 John that might provide some added clarification of what it means to pray in Jesus' name. 1 John 5, 14 and 15 says, And this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. Well, now this provides the same assurance of answer prayer in John 14. The phrase is, according to his will, it's mostly connected to the phrase in Jesus' name. All right. Now we don't twist Jesus, we don't twist Jesus' arm into answering our request. We bring our request to him in humble submission. Simply saying, in Jesus' name, amen, does not necessarily you mean, mean you are bringing your request in submission to and alignment with the will of God. Saying in the name of Jesus is not like a paid in stamp, paid in full stamp that you say at the end of your prayer to make it go to heaven. Amen. Neither does it force Jesus to align his will to your request. And simply adding if it's your will to every request doesn't necessarily mean we're submitting to him either. Praying according to God's will is to pray in alignment with his character. It's seeking to pray for things Christ would desire. It is praying in a way that views life from God's perspective. Praying certainly is a beautiful and undeserved privilege. What an honor it is to come to God at any time and in any place, bringing our petitions to Him. But let us be aware of asking wrongly to spend it on your passion. Let us pray in a way that acknowledges Christ's intercession on, behalf, on our behalf and our union with him. And that only aligns our prayers to his will and character. I said that before. Now there are more reasons to pray in Jesus' name. One is we honor Jesus and his father, Jehovah God. We show that we appreciate Jesus' death as God's provision for our salvation. We recognize Jesus' unique role as intercessor between God and man. Yes. We 
We respect Jesus' service as the high priest who can help us gain a good standing with God. The power of prayer is in the one to whom we pray. God owns the power. Praying to him is one conduit to his power. It's like a lamp. The lamp doesn't have power, though it shows light. The cord doesn't have power. It's just the conduit. That's right. Prayer is the conduit to the power. God is all-powerful. For nothing will be impossible with God. First Thessalonians 5, 16, great, he says, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. We are also taught to pray, for example, in the model prayer, or what we call the Lord's Prayer. Pray then like this, after this matter, Therefore pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the king, and the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. When we pray, our fears can be relieved. When we pray, our faith can grow. Yeah. When we pray, we can rest. Yeah. When we pray, we can be at peace. When we pray, we can hand over our concerns to God. Right. When we pray, we can gain confidence from the one who created us. When we pray, we can be healed. Yeah. When we pray, we can receive guidance and direction. When we pray, we realize God is the only source of our life. When we pray, we understand God is the only joy in life. Again, the power is not in the prayer, but in the God to whom we pray. Right. The Bible says, if my people